Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Jeremiah chapter number 51. You Bible students know when you're in Jeremiah, it's, oh no. It's the oh no book of the Bible. When I surrendered to preach and I, I just wasn't going to do it, and when I finally did, I, I was talking to one of the guys at work, and I said, I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but I'm going to have to preach. And he said, he said, well, so if you don't see nobody saved, don't worry about it. He said, Jeremiah never did see anybody saved. I said, why don't you encourage me? <laughs> Jeremiah 51, if you're there, shout amen. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me a destroying wind. Now everybody that was in Babylon at this time wasn't risen up against the Lord. You know that. But there was a multitude that was. And the destroying wind's going to come on them that's against God. And we'll send unto Babylon fanners that shall fan her and shall empty her land. For in the day of trouble, they shall be against her round about. Against him that bendeth, let the archer bend his bow. And against him that lifteth himself up in his brigadine, and spare ye not her young men, destroy ye utterly all her hosts. <clears throat> Thus the slain shall fall in the land of the Chaldeans. They that are thrust through in her streets. For Israel hath not been forsaken nor Judah of his God, of the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. Father, I love you. I thank you for this day and this time. For these that have come gathered, Lord, you brought these into this place today. God, I thank you for grace. I thank you for the Holy of God for this forever settled word. I thank you, Lord, for the message you put on my heart. And I need your help for preaching. God, difficult messages today are seldom heard. God, what need there is for those messages. Now fill my mouth and guard my tongue, I beg you, and preach me to your glory. Save the lost one nearest hell here today. Reclaim the backslidden and set the saint of God on fire afresh and anew. And Lord, we're not expecting it for our glory, for the glory of this church or any other church, God, but for your glory. We ask you to do it for your glory today, Lord. I love you. I thank you. I ask these favors in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Now, I want to try to preach today on this thought, and don't fall out with me. 
a land full of sin. A land full of sin. Now we have a prophecy here that's going against Babylon. But the Lord used the Babylonians to chasten the children of Israel because of their disobedience and unbelief. They wholly turned their back on God. They didn't want anything to do with God anymore. Josiah, the last king of Judah, had tried to have a revival and it didn't, it didn't transpire. They, they got reformed, but they didn't get revival. He wanted to have a revival. The king loved the Lord, but they didn't have a revival. How'd he go? Because as soon as he's gone, they went right back to what they're doing another time. It's like those that come forward and, and have an altar of prayer and they, they call out, cry out to God because they got caught doing something. And then they get up and it just don't last very long because they got holy committed unto the Lord. That's the case here with Israel. Then God begins to speak against the Babylonians and he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to utterly destroy you. And at this time, I want you to get this this morning. At this time, that seemed as unlikely as if we, it would be comparing that Canada was going to swoop down and take the United States. Nobody in this room believes that can happen today. But should God lift his hand? It could happen overnight. Because that's how the city fell. It looked impenetrable. There's no way you can get through that wall. It's so wide they're driving chariots around. There's no way any enemy's going to get in our gate. They divert the river and they got two large openings. They just walk in and take the city. Just exactly like God said it's going to happen. And they find themselves in a bad way. There's a remnant that's left. And who's that? That's the one that loved God or knew God. They knew God. Because a whole new bunch is going to take over. The leaves of mercy going to take over. And they're going to settle back to the house. This seems very unlikely that this could happen. But it happened just like the old prophet said. And in verse, I'll get to verse 5. Sin means this. In the Old Testament, it means simply to miss. You miss it. You miss it. You sin, you miss it. It holds this. It holds this. It's an offense, and it means to miss. Now, in the New Testament, it means basically the same thing in the Greek. It means to miss the mark. And not to share in the prize. There's a prize for those that be in Christ. Gordon talked about it in Sunday school. There's a prize for those that be in Christ. Listen, this is not my home. I'm just a passing through. God's blessed me in this land. He's blessed me with a church, my family, my people. And listen, I've not missed a meal. He's let me go around and preach. God has blessed me. But my blessings here compared to what's over there, I'm telling you, friend, it's kneel to none. 
voted for that city that has that. Sin, I want you to get this this morning. You know what happens? Sin begins measured. And when I mean that, I mean it's small. Brother Junior used the scripture in Sunday school, the little foxes spoil the fire. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians. He said, he said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So no one just starts out in their mind, I don't think so. I'm going to create some, I'm going to fall into horrendous sin. No, it starts measured in small measures. It starts, it starts by just not caring anything about going to church. I just, I just won't go, and I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just staying at the house. Well, the problem with that is the Bible told us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So right off the bat, right off the bat, what are we doing? We're disobeying the word of God. Amen. Just a little thing. It's not big. It's not big. Big to God. I want to ask you something, parents. When you told your child not to do something, was it big? If they, if they done, done it anyway, you better know it was. At least it was around my house. But then sin, once, it, once it's measured, then sin multiplies. How do you know that? Because in Isaiah 30, he said they add sin to sin. So it just begins to build up. Now, now, it's more than just an occasional this or that. Now, it's accepting what's ever going on. Be all right. Not bothering me. I'm not bothering anybody else. I'm talking about a land full of sin. But then it turns into this. Sin becomes a majority. You know what Jesus said about it? Few there be that find it. So now, now, now it's gone from just being a little bit to sin plus sin. They add sin to sin. It's multiplied. And then it becomes a majority. Where are you getting that idea, preacher? I'm watching Israel, who is our example. What happened to them? They just started out a little bit. I mean, they, they had a grove. They had a thing up on the hill. No big deal. They're still taking a sacrifice to the temple. But it's not long till there's no sacrifice being brought. And without a sacrifice, we're in trouble. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sin. And you may be here today and say, well, I don't think sin's that bad. Let me tell you how bad it is. The wage of sin is dead. It's killing people every day. So that's for the lost people. No, that's for the saved people. In 1 John, he said, there is a sin unto death, and I say that you pray not for it. What does that mean? That means when you see somebody doing the thing that's going to kill them, he said not to pray about it. Why? Because it's up to them to do something about it. So I'm going to give you a few things right here. I want to give you first, it begins with personal sin. 
personal Savior. Now, how come you would say that, preacher? Because of Romans 5 and 12, the Bible's pretty plain about this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That's why we go to funerals. I don't know how many we've had here, but it's been a bunch. It's sad when you are professional funeral people. And we don't even, we're not even in the funeral business, we don't think, but we are. We've had so many, we know exactly what to do. And the funeral homes in this town know what they're going to do when they get here. Death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Still don't lose that. The wage of sin is what? A plus, you know what it is. Don't lose it. But James 1 and 1, 14 and 15 says this. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. What does that mean? That means it's personal. Personal for me, you and you and you and you and you. It's personal. i got to deal with this personally. Gordon can't deal with my sin. I got to deal with it. And enticed. Growing away with his own lust and enticed. And then when lust has conceived, then it brings forth sin. So see, there's a, there's a process here. Look, my Uncle Al used to say all the time, uh, sin, sin, but uh, killing somebody's worse than stealing a watermelon. And enticed. And when sin, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. It'll kill you. It won't just kill you. It will kill you physically, but it's not just that, Brother Brand. It'll kill your testimony. It'll kill your witness. Nobody will have confidence in you. If you're living in open sin, I'm telling you, everybody around you knows. And they say this. You go to the first free will Baptist church. What's wrong with your preacher? Uh, he's got problems too. Just tell him that. Thank God for grace, brother. Now I'm not living in habitual open sin. I'm not trying to bring a reproach on this church and especially my God. But look here, my friend. Look, John's pretty plain when he says this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Look, hey, 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 hey. On your best day, you've got some problems. I don't think so, preacher. Let me ride around with you for a day. And then you ride with me. And then we'll get on Interstate 40. And then you'll see that as much as I try, I got some issues. Personal sin. Personal sin leads to this local sin. Why you say local sin? I'm watching the children of Israel. Here's what happens in Exodus 32, 31. These people.
people hath sinned. Moses is on the mountain. They don't know what happened to him. They build a golden calf. Somebody had to do this. Somebody had to originate that idea. And then someone went along with it. Somebody said, let's build a calf. And somebody else had to say, that sounds like a good idea. Bad idea. If it's sin at your house, bad idea. You don't want anybody falling into that. Well, I don't know about all that. Should have marked this. Praise God. Stay with me. Right here it is. I want you listening real close. Is there anybody in this room that would say this Bible is not true? I won't be offended if you hold your hand up. I'll appreciate your honesty. Is there anybody in this room that's made that book's not true? You don't have to be afraid. I won't point you out. But I'd appreciate your honesty. Nobody raised their hand, so obviously we believe that this book is true. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Why would he say that? Because the heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Neither fornicators, sex outside the marriage covenant. Nor idolaters, that's the thing you love more than God. Nor adulterers, that's having another man's wife or another woman's husband. Nor effeminate, that's these cross-dressing folks that need some help. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that's sodomites. Nor thieves, that means you steal stuff. Nor covetous, that means you'd rather play the lottery than to put $5 in God's plate. Nor drunkards, that means you're drunk. Nor revilers, you're, you're, you're a fighter. Nor extortioners, you, you take some that you shouldn't take, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, look, the Bible said, and such were some of you, but you are washed. Look here, my friend, that's a pretty plain list of this local sin. Why would you say that? It's on TV and the newspapers every day. It's so prominent that Jeremiah was right. We don't even blush about it anymore. We don't even think about it. They're advertising medicine on TV. Our children's watching it. And he got two guys holding hands kissing each If you see it, they see that. Surely, by the power of God, you're going to point it out and say, that's against God's rules. I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning, so I'm not too nervous shouting down. So I don't know about that local sin. It begins as a, a personal, but it becomes local. In John 19, 11, here's what Jesus said. He that hath delivered me unto you has the greater sin. What was that? Who was that that delivered unto Jesus? The religious of the day. Wasn't one individual. No. It was the entire court. Did you get that? The court said he must die. 
It goes from local to national. It goes from local to national. I'm about to get put in Facebook jail right here. I hope you two keep straight. In 1 Kings 14, I'm talking about national scene. There's a guy by the name of Jeroboam. Jeroboam has fallen out with Solomon, and he takes the northern ten tribes of the nation of Israel, and here's what he does. He builds in two golden calves. He puts one in Bethel, which means the house of God, and he put the other one in Dan. And he said, don't go to Jerusalem anymore and take a sacrifice. Come and worship before these calves. And the Bible tagged him with this. Jeroboam, who caused Israel to sin? How'd you like to have that tagged to your name? And when he stands before God, this is Jeroboam, who caused Israel to sin? In the land was full of sin. Say, so who are you talking about? I'm talking about America. I love this nation. I love this land. I love that flag. You burn that flag around me and we're going to, it's just trouble. I'll tell you. My righteous indignation will flare up. Don't burn the flag. My people died for that flag, but I can stand here and do this today. Don't burn that flag. In 1973, the Supreme Court, Supreme Court, decided that killing babies in the womb was okay. In 1973, And that's awful. I, I, I heard a statistic the other day. I don't know how accurate this is. Over 60 million babies killed in the womb. And they can say whatever they want to. But I'm going to tell you, if it's alive and you kill it, and you mean to kill it, that's premeditated murder. And that's bad, but I'll tell you what God done. God claimed every one of those, and they're in glory today. According to the scripture, and I believe that book, they're in glory today. And you're going to hear more about this later. I just don't have all this worked out yet, but God's working on me. June 26th, the date and the month is very prevalent. It's, it's, there's a reason for that day. June 26 in 2015. The Supreme Court decides that the Marriage Act needs to be abolished and anybody can marry anybody or anything they want to and you don't, there's no, nothing wrong with it. Same-sex marriage. I'm talking about a land full of sin. I'm talking about it again personally. That don't matter. 
It begins locally in our community. Well, that's, uh, hey, just let them go. Now, it's nationally, it's a big deal. I appreciate you visitors being here today. You come back some other time and I'll preach something sweet, but I'm not done preaching yet. On June 26, 2015, the sun set on America, and they took a rainbow and lit my White House up with it. They lit up, they lit up the, the Disney Castle with a rainbow. I'd sell the season tickets. They lit up the Empire State Building. I'm not going. They lit up, listen, they lit up Niagara Falls. I'm surprised it's still running. They lit up these national monuments with the rainbow flag in celebration of same-sex marriage. Say, nothing wrong with that, preacher. You need to read your Bible. Listen, and there's very few guys got enough backbone to preach this today. We need this preached all across America, and the church needs to understand if you vote for that stuff, you're in trouble. Why would anybody do that? Because they're liberal in their thinking and their theology. They think it don't matter. Do you know that God judges nations by wicked leadership? And when you lit up my White House, in 2015 with that, you're saying this nation approves of this lifestyle. And I don't care who was in the White House or whatever and whoever condones it is wrong according to the word of God. A land full of sin. But it's not only national, it's global. It's global. It's all around this world. Yes, it is. I watched a guy on the video yesterday. He went to a service, a gas station. They're not service stations now, they're gas stations. He goes to this gas station and he walks up to people. He's got his credit card in his hand. He said, quote me one Bible verse, I'll fill your car. And these people were offended that he asked them to quote a Bible verse. He asked 15 or 20 people and some of them got ugly. And all he's wanting to do is fill their car up. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them. They think there's a problem. Their mind is blinded. Finally, he come up to one of the boys. He said, can you quote me? If you can quote me a Bible verse, I'll fill your car up. He said, he said, well, I'm quoting one. He said, what is it? He said, for there is no condemnation now to them be Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. He said, I'm filling up your car. He said, I don't need you to fill it up. Go pass it on to somebody else. He come up, this little black girl, she's, filling, she's about to put the nozzle in her, in her automobile. And he said, uh, he said, if you quote me one Bible verse, I'll fill your car up. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. He said, get out of the way. I'm a filling up your car. She said, hallelujah. He 
See the difference? He has 15 or 20, and they wanted to run him off. I mean, that's ugly. I don't hear about it. No. One guy said, I don't need you to fill my car up. But there's two of them. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that's few. Few. But it's global. That's why John said it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is of the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These are of the world and they passeth away. That's what happens to it. It's gone. When you die, you're going to leave everything you've got to somebody else. And it's global. So we've got a problem. It's personal. It's local. It's certainly national. If you don't believe me, just watch your news. And it's global. So it looks like we're in a hole and nowhere to go. Oh, but then we've got John 129. John's standing in the water waist deep for the Jordan. He looks up the bank and here comes the Christ. He said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You know what that means? You know what the sin debt is today? Zero. Absolutely zero. You know the problem? You know why people are unsafe? They won't come and take the payment. All you got to do is claim the prize. You tell him, I want to be saved. I believe you died for my sin. I'll take the payment. Praise God, it's already been made. Just like verse number five. For Israel hath not been forsaken, nor Judah of his God, of the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy God of Israel. He said the ones that was against him was the ones he is going to slay. And we know from history that he didn't kill them all. Because when the rice come in and Cyrus and these guys, they sent them back to the house. The ones that wanted to go. And where sin did abound. What does that mean? That means, bless God, there's grace for your sin. If they wasn't, we'd all be dead. If there wasn't, we'd all be in trouble today. I'm glad, praise God, for grace. And I don't know why you'd sit here today if you're unsaved. I don't know why you'd sit here and not come and say, Lord, I'll take that payment. Because you can't pay it yourself. The church membership can't pay it. You have to let, he's already paid it. You just have to claim it. And that's where I'm a whosoever guy. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that mean? That means when the fanners come, when the fanners come and the slaying begins, praise God, we're somewhere else. And even my friends that believe we're still here, 
If that's true, if that's true, the hand of God's still around us. I'm not saying the righteous for saying. What about that today? What about that today? You living in a land full of sin. I mean, there's no question about that. You're like an ostrich with your head in the sand if you think that this world isn't wicked and beyond past that. I watched this boy preaching on the street yesterday, and he's just preaching. That's all he's doing. And he's not even preaching loud like me. He's just talking over a microphone, sharing scripture with people. Here comes these bunch of rainbow people. They got a drum and a megaphone, and they're right up in his ear yelling at him and beating on the drum. And this guy never, he never said a thing to them or nothing. They're vicious and violent. You don't think they are? You come against them and see. I'll take the faith. I'll stand with Christ. You can have this world. It's lost its glitter. I mean, it just lost its glitter. The shine's gone. Play me something, Bernie. I'm going to ask you to stand all over the house today and bow your heads with me if you would. Just, just... Just bear with me just a few more moments, please, church. She's playing, is a heart right with God? If you're here today and you are unsafe, I'm not coming to you to try to drag you to an altar, but I'd like to pray for you. If you're here today and you know that you're unsaved, you know you're not right with God. You know, I don't have to tell you, you know it right now. You care enough about your soul? Say, hey, preacher, pray for me. Is there one here today that do that? God bless you. Is there another? Is there another to be that honest and say, hey, preacher, pray for me? I need some help. I'm in a bad place. I've never been saved. I don't want to get caught when the phantoms show up. I want to be on the winning side. Terry, just a moment. Marcus, you know that song? Tony Joe, come get that song. That's the song we need to sing right there. church I'm going to pray you sing it ask God to help us here and tell us heart how we sing Pastor Mike McCoy thanking you for joining us at the time of truth